all those things that interest me about photography coming together, exploring the world as, as you know, current issues in the world, but at the same time, exploring form and like a different dimension to those places. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. How, uh, how long have you been in New York, back in New York? Um, well, I came in for Thanksgiving, and then I did a return trip. Um, my mother and my sister kind of uh, forced me to come back for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> so I flew back on Christmas Eve. Um, I think I got here on Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Eve. So I've been here since then. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And you're doing running around, doing meetings, and all that good stuff. Yeah. I usually, um, when I come here back to uh, my original home, I will do meetings in the city a little bit. My sister lives in Long Island City, so she's like down here now. And then my mother's upstate in uh, Saugerties, New York. So I go up there and veg out and hang out with my mom and, you know, nice, keep nice, her company. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're here <laughs> with John Francis Peters. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, happy to be here. And that's our studio Instax camera. <laughs> Instax camera. Chiming in. Has a mind of its own. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably get to know it over the course of the season. We'll have to get another mic for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, that's an interesting idea, a podcast where the cameras get to talk. Huh? <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> right yeah. So I remember um, the first time I met you was Ross Mantle. We met through Ross Mantle. Yep. Mm-hmm. He had a little get-together. Oh, sure. was it, that was the night he show. You guys were showing some of the work. Yeah, it was like a lot, kind of a salon thing he was doing. Was that in New York or? That was in Greenpoint. Greenpoint. Yeah, it was in Greenpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I vaguely. Yeah, yeah I remember now. Okay. <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah. Now. yeah. On his roof, he had a roof. Yeah, it was oh, a roof. yeah. In Greenpoint. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun place. Yeah. And that was it's you funny. were still you were still um, at the Fader, right? Yeah, I was working at the Fader, and then um, I was living again upstate in New Pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing that for about five years, kind of commuting in, and then every, uh, not every day, but like throughout the week, and then a crash with friends like Ross every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you you get you got your started doing? Um, I mean, you went to school. It was art school, right? That's yeah. what you went for. It was not you didn't specifically focus on photography. Yeah, I went to the School of Visual Arts for mm-hmm. Design. So mm-hmm. I. Um, I studied that, but in my second year, actually my first year, I started, um, I took a, we had like a foundation year where we had to take mandatory classes, one uh-huh. of which was photo. Uh-huh. And so I just got super into it right from the start and uh, ended up like f- finding my way into like the dark rooms to that summer. Uh, and then I was going to switch to photo full time, but then they would have charged me an extra year. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was just like, my mom was like, eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, you know. So I, I ended up um, continuing on with design, which was an amazing experience. Um, got to study all different art forms through that. And then I did take uh, social documentary classes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with his teacher, Meryl Levin. Um, and that class had three people in it, including me, because SVA was more like fashion focused. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really like great experience to just be like working with her and there was a couple other photographers that were amazing in there mm-hmm. joseph i don't know if you know joseph joanke i always pronounce his name wrong but joseph joanke is a mm-hmm. ukrainian american photographer he won the uh, eugene smith award a couple years oh, wow. actually he might have won it last year actually oh, wow. on his work in ukraine um but he was also one of my classmates <laughs> oh wow one of three so it's oh, a heck of a class yeah so um, they, yeah so you come out of school. How do you end up at the fader? How do you end up in the, in this photo editor gig? Um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a you know, big magazine, big job. It's uh, yeah, highly visible. It was kind of a it's always a crazy path I've taken. I mean, all of this 
so basically, more or less, um, I left school and I started working for a des- I started working for Def Jam Records. Actually, uh-huh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I was a, yeah. I was a designer uh, doing a kind of like production design, working mm-hmm. with art directors in Worldwide Plaza, um, and you know, amongst all the rappers and all that stuff. And it was kind of an interesting time because it was like two thousand two into three, and it was like the music industry was still kind of vibrant, a lot of money. But anyway, through that, I ended up meeting a. I really was. Like I, I needed to do photography, so I ended up meeting this photographer Jonathan Mannion through that job. He's uh, kind of known for his hip hop photography, mm-hmm. um, and he had assisted Richard Avedon. So I learned about that, and I was like, this guy, his work is just really beautiful. It was the original like covers of the Fader, a few of them, and like mm-hmm. he, he uh, kind of built the voice of that magazine. So I started working for him, assisting in the studio. Um, I spent about a year and a half sorting negatives and contact sheets for him, like literally thousands and thousands and thousands, and. Um, and then uh, learned how to use six, seven cameras, light meters. This was film, film time still a little bit. And then uh, I, I basically threw him. He introduced me to, at that point, uh, I think Knox Robinson was the uh, editor-in-chief of The Fader. And they were having like a big transition. And when I brought my portfolio, I had dropped it off at the time that Phil Bicker had just picked up as creative director. And that's how I got my first assignment with The Fader mm-hmm. ever, my first time ever. Um, and then, so that was the beginning of me freelancing for them over a period of time. And then in 2000, fast forward 2007, um, I ended up getting a, a gig on the staff as a photo coordinator. For, oh, that's yeah, yeah. right. Because you would yeah. do, you would shoot and you would do, so I guess you're a coordinator, you're not actually editing, or you're, but you're mm-hmm. picking the photographers for shoots as well too? Well, at that point in the beginning, it was like, I had been freelancing for Phil as like a shooter. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of no, I noted, I had come back from a lo- doing work in uh, Western China, actually. I was living there with my friend in Guizhou for three months. And then I didn't have a job and I was like working on houses upstate. And I was like, I got to figure out what I'm doing next. Because I had left the city before I went to China. Um, uh, so I just was putting the word in with different people I admire. And Phil was like someone who's, I just got his vision. Mm-hmm. I understood it and like was inspired by it. So I was like, hey, if you ever need help, you know, I'll assist you. Yeah. Right. And then he did. So I ended up... Um, yeah, going there, and at first it was like working to help him. Just f- actually, for about a year, I spent just researching photographers all over the planet. I would, I've gone through like literally thousands of photographers, and that process is really good because it teach, taught me how to uh, sort of look at and see the very um, subtle differences between, you know, portrait style editorial photographers or like photojournalists. Like which ones had that extra bit of mm-hmm. like you know, personal vision that would like, I could say, Hey, Phil, here's a guy, you know, and he'd like, you know, we definitely like, um, got along on that note when it comes to like the type of photographers I was finding and what he was interested in. Mm-hmm. Found a lot of really interesting people, uh, during that time. Um, yeah, imagine. So, yeah like people I still am in touch with like Dominic Narr through researching mm-hmm. and Peter Van Achmel and, uh, just people that are like, Hey, this guy's in Houston. Like, Mm-hmm. We should try using him, and Phil would be like, "Yeah, his stuff's good. Let's try." You know, you'll <laughs> give him like one shoot. And so at first, I wasn't really like assigning, assigning. I was just okay. helping him. Then when he left, I became the photo editor mm, okay. for a couple of years, which uh, was a really great experience. I love editing, but it wasn't like I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be out shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you just had that itch, and you're like, "I got to get out, and I got to be doing my own thing." So yeah. what? Uh, mm-hmm. I know. So you went to to China, and you had the project in China. Mm-hmm. When did you start? And you were in actually in one of the episode, or issues of LPV. Yep, you were in the that's magazine right. that mm-hmm. was coordinated to that, and we showed 
the work was from upstate. It was one of the yeah. It was the the guy who returned from, from Iraq. From, from Iraq. Yep. Right. Living right. in Newburgh, New York. Yeah. Um, that was a project I did um, during the time. Actually, when I kind of took over as photo editor, and then I was working with Ross with the American Diversity Project mm-hmm. ADP, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we were, that was that project was built for that specific workshop. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, when I I was doing that at um, I was doing that while I was you know still editing at Fader. And the, the editing experience at Fader was amazing. It was about two years. Um, I'm proud of like the work I did. I was working with this creative director Justin Thomas K, who's a really great mm-hmm. um, uh, designer and uh, type. He's amazing at typography and everything. And so we just uh, then I got to the point though when I was like, all right. You know, got to get out, yeah. and that's when I took off. I left, and I went to China uh, with a friend for three months. Back to China again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like I don't know why. I mean, I do know why I went yeah. there. So I've, from the first trip, I've been interested in that part oh. of the country. So and that that China work was that that ended up in Lightbox, right? Uh, yeah, it's, so you ended up featured in mm-hmm. Lightbox. Yeah, I did a. I had a couple of series. I did one in Morocco that was in Lightbox, and then then the Western China series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was like a road journey I spent with a friend and ended up in all types of interesting parts of that region. I mean, what really kind of drew you mm-hmm. drew you to China? Because you didn't go to Shanghai, you didn't go right. to like <laughs> yeah, Beijing. Yeah. You were in yeah. I mean, it's I'm kind of I don't know exactly. I'm from from the early age. I've always been interested in like wandering. I mm-hmm. guess and like mm-hmm. my uncle was a fisherman from Pennsylvania, and he used to like taking me on these like wandering journeys in the woods to f- go fishing in upstate in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. So I've, I just like kind of going in a direction that like maybe I think no one else is going or no one mm-hmm. else is going or whatever. So um, in 2006, I first went to China um, and my, me and my friend went and we were trying to go to uh, Mongolia actually to mm-hmm. go to this Nadam festival. And we were really silly because we thought we could get these tickets to go there really easily, and you can't because it's right, like right, right. so we like went to Beijing train station in like the summer, and we're like, yeah. hey, we're gonna get our tickets and all that, and then we was just like faced with like complete, you know, um, so there was just too many people and all tickets were blah, blah blah. So we were like, where else can we go now? We're in China, and we sh- and we kind of picked out Guizhou province in the southwest because um, it had through guidebooks it said not many Westerners go there, mm-hmm. and it's like a really amazing place with mm-hmm. eth- quote unquote ethnic minority groups mm-hmm. and like. Whatnot. So we ended up going there, and to make a long story short, the guy I was with, who's my best friend, he ended up getting a job there. Oh, <laughs> he wow. did a job interview in the city Guayang. And, uh, <laughs> he so he got the job, and he went, we came back to the states, and then he went back, and that's when I went back again. Mm-hmm. And that experience is another two or three months in that city. I focused on that particular province, Guizhou, and I just became so interested in like you know the culture mm-hmm. and like especially there, it's just this really interesting mix of like. Meow peoples, and then you know, new money coming in, and then it's um, the communist history there, and like uh, just yeah, it's a really fascinating part of China, and that's technically like southwestern China. So mm-hmm. then on this, the last trip I did in 2012, um, that was other parts of western China, Qinghai, mm-hmm. um, Sichuan, Chongqing, uh, like along the Yangtze River, mm-hmm. and then um, Ningxia, I went to. So are you going to keep going back? Yeah, I think it would yeah. be like a life work of sorts. Nice. Yeah. nice. I want to go back. Actually, I'm hoping I can go back this year mm-hmm. save a little dough. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you talk, I mean, there's obviously, you just mentioned a little bit about you kind of had that wanderlust or the nomadic, mm-hmm. you know, aspect where you hug, you know, you, you can't stay in one place too long, can you, John? <laughs> like, you yeah, can't. seemingly not. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're, you're, you're jumping around. So you're in, yeah. so you're in New York working, going to when, mm-hmm. like, 
So California is calling you. I, we right. have that in common. I, I ended up in right. California in 2004. Uh-huh. And that was, I mean, I ended up going to California basically because I wanted to go somewhere warm mm-hmm. and I wanted a big city. So yeah. I just kind of went on a whim as well, too. <laughs> didn't know what I was getting into, but I ended right. up in Los Angeles. And what, how, what California it was like, you know, what kind of drew you to Southern California? Um, well, actually, I was born in Los Angeles, and my mother's oh, really? from yeah. My mother's oh. uh, was grew up in Los Angeles, and my f- so it's kind of and I've I've gone out there throughout mm-hmm. my life. My father actually ended up moving out to San Diego um, or Los Angeles first mm-hmm. uh, with his uh, girlfriend, and then they ended up settling in San Diego. She's a doctor, mm-hmm. and um, so I've been going out to Southern California throughout my life. It's always been like the other place I would possibly live mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and. And after I left Fader and then I went to China, I came back. I was, I had gone and covered um, Hurricane Sandy hit, and I did I shot photographed mm-hmm. that for that mm-hmm. time. And then at one point, I was like, I remember I was like upstate. I had rented a car, and then I like dropped it off, and I was it was somewhere in between like Catskill and the Saugerties, New York. And I was like, I didn't have a ride back to the house, and I was like calling up people to try to kick me off, and I was like, wait. What am I gonna do now? You know, like <laughs> because I'm not, you know, like my portfolio is kind of like documentary art type work, yeah. and I wasn't like trying to be a commercial photographer necessarily. Totally, at the, I was figuring things out. Mm-hmm. I just left a job I had for five years, so um, actually I had an assignment in Tijuana uh, that came up with mm-hmm. some DJ musicians. So I went out there, and then of course I came across the border to see my father, and and uh, ended up just kind of staying. My grandmother is 93 years was I guess 90 years old then. Mm-hmm. And uh, started like helping out with that, taking care of her, and was like, you know, I'm gonna try Southern California. And ended up getting a relationship and like staying with friends, and just you know, it's like, okay, let me try it now. Yeah, this is the right time, you know. So there's, you get two, well, three kind of projects going, mm-hmm. two bigger ones, um, the California Winter, mm-hmm. and this is in San Diego, right? And yeah. This is your kind of people. It's I don't want to say they're homeless, but they're kind of like on the margins, drifting and living that kind of yeah nomadic, I guess, right. California lifestyle. Yeah. What was the impulse behind that, especially like mm-hmm. framing it as like winter? Because there is no winter in California, right? Right. right? You know. Well, it was in- I mean, it's just on the it's on the calendar, but it's right. not yeah. like winter as you would think. There know? is. I mean, there is actually. What happens yeah. is is uh, winter when it starts. You know, more or less officially. Uh, the rest of the country gets cold like mm-hmm. it is here now. And so most people don't want to live on the streets then. And it's the groups of the people that I'm photographing, I, you know, some would call them travel. I usually try to use the term travelers because yeah. um, some are transient, some are old school drifters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I met guys that have walked uh, walked around America like for the our whole life, um, train hoppers, hippie kids, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed this kind of group of people that would f- flood in um, and waves into San Diego throughout the winter, the first winter. And so I started photographing a little bit that first winter. And I noticed that there was a, definitely a shift in like the, the feeling of the place during the winter. Like it quiets down. They put up these like big sand barriers on the beach. So the, with the, you know, storms come, it won't like flood. It's like, it's a different thing that happens. Um, and then these people start coming and they show up with their backpacks, they're like, you know, squatter, you know, gutter punks or whatever, you know, you would say. And then like uh, kids in their cars that are like, you know, 21 that are just like, we just want to drive around America because we're sick of like the suburbs of Detroit or something. Mm-hmm. And so I just start, I, and what was interesting was also like the character of San Diego as a backdrop that these people were in, which is like kind of manicured. It's kind of like, you know, San Diego, it's an interesting place mm-hmm. that I don't think is seen that often. And I think it's really uh 
represents Southern California in like a different way than LA does. So those two things coming together, then also my experience of like ending up in California in the winter for the first time in my life um, and being pretty like lonely and kind of like mm-hmm. in my own way, like a drifter myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was the beginning of it. And I, I felt like the first year I was like, uh, this is something I want to continue on. So mm-hmm. I'm in my last third final winter, mm-hmm. most likely. <laughs> so you think you're going to run, finish up the project? Yeah, I want to finish, finish it up. I would like to. I mean, I feel like... Um, yeah, I would like to finish it up. I, this winter I've planned on it. I want to make a book out of it. And, um, yeah, we'll see how it like evolves into a book because uh, it's, it's just, I've just shot photographed away and I photographed with film these last two winters. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how the edit comes together and sequencing because it can go a few different directions. Yeah. And I've with uh, photographing with film has been kind of funny because it's like it's a certain process, you know, and like yeah, different absolutely. kind of um, way of thinking. And then I also have – Dually been photographing digital over these mm-hmm. years, and like you can be a little bit more experimental, you know, with digital at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, I guess I'll see how it all comes together yeah. having that those two experiences. And so you're, I mean, you're not. I don't you you do some portraits, but for the you kind of fall in that place of I don't want to say like the candid portrait or the mm-hmm. environmental portrait, but it is. It seems like you're more, you know, the photos that I see kind of like. You, you prefer it more candid. It is not sometimes you're in, in that in between area. But how do you, mm-hmm. when you're photographing these a group of people like right. this, how do you ingratiate yourself to them? Do you, is mm-hmm. there a lot of communication? Or are you kind of just there and around? I mean, how how much do they know about what you're doing? Is mm-hmm. it like I mean, I'm, I would assume you're very transparent about it. But you know, we've had Stacy Kranitz on the show, and she right. she. Like lives with the people and right, like right, completely right. immerses herself in mm-hmm. in the world, but doesn't. It seems like you're more a little bit. I don't want to say like you know casual about it, but you're a little bit less more distanced. Right. So how yeah. do you kind of negotiate that right. that space, the aesthetic space, the personal mm-hmm. space, the you know yeah, yeah. The ethical I, space? I guess you know. I'm pretty much. Uh, I've I've I'm in, interested in environments and like landscapes, and I guess that's and I see these kind of scenes or individuals in certain landscapes all the stuff in that series is i wouldn't say totally it's directed to a degree like mm-hmm. it's not like i set up lights or anything but i'm telling i'm talking with people i'm telling them about the project mm. i want them to know about it because i i'm also collecting their stories okay. so i collect even if it's like a couple minutes like you know i'm running away from home because i've been abused or something mm-hmm. i've collected that and other people i talk with for an hour but mm-hmm. so it's they they're they're aware of what i'm doing um i don't I I go out, you know, when I'm shooting it for like two week blocks of time, roughly, I'll go out every day and I'll just look for things that catch just like a street photographer, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that term, whatever. And so <laughs> I would go out and I look and it's like something about this particular person mm-hmm. or a place. And sometimes I have to direct more. I have to yeah. like kind of place people using the light. Uh, other times it's just there and I just have to like, then I have to place myself and figure out like, mm-hmm. how do I make this, you know, a good photo? Cause it's a beautiful mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a it's a mix of directing and also somewhat candid. You know, I mm-hmm. sometimes I tell people it depends. Sometimes I someone has a a presence about them, a spirit about them that I want them to engage the camera. And then other times it's been a, a little bit more where I can have them talk with friends. And sometimes I'll end up just hanging with people for mm-hmm. a few minutes and mm-hmm. or an hour or something and just take a few shots. Mm-hmm. And again with film, it's like 
select few yeah, you shots. Get, yeah, you get a couple. <laughs> yeah. Only, unless you unless mm. you have a whole bag full of yeah, uh, yeah. portrait, you know, which I don't yeah, know, most people probably don't. But no, I think that's interesting. <laughs> I guess that, that's illuminating for me because I was, I guess in the pictures you have no idea. Yeah. Which is the way it should be, right? No, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. really kind of matter. And like I think it's mm-hmm. it's illuminating for me to see how involved you are in it because in the when I look at the pictures it seems yeah you know, like I said you create that that zone but I guess I'll yeah. have to go look at them again and see if it feels a little bit more intimate than maybe I wasn't seeing. And that's that's something interesting when you find out about the process and maybe it changes the way you look at the photos, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like I kind of want to ca- – if I see a scene with someone in it, I want to try to get what I felt was there, I like the feeling of that. And there's a very fine – it's, you know, it's, it's a very sensitive area where you have to like, you know, balance the position you're in and like, you know, the – the way the person is. If you're talking to someone, the scene kind of gets disoriented, you know, and like, and so you kind of want to, and things can evolve or you can make new possibilities if you're directing. I like the idea now of like, see, I, being from like a more of a fine art background and uh, which is why I went to the school for design and everything. I um, I, I'm, I feel like I lost doing just documentary photography, which is just kind of like putting yourself in a place and just fly on the wall type of thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get back into constructing images more, like um, forming images. So I, that was the beginning of that process was California winter stuff and also connecting with people in this country again, which I felt, mm-hmm. you know, I was a little bit distant from. Mm-hmm. So the net, and then <laughs> now kind of you have this bigger project too that's going on that's, I think, on a lot of people's mind in California these days, it's the drought. Right. Yeah. So the this drought work is in it. I know Matt Black, you know, you know Matt Black's yeah, for work. Sure. He's doing mm-hmm. Central Valley and he's kind of been yeah. different aesthetic than you. He's a you know very inky black and white and right. that and he's he's in it. so what brought you to the drought? How what's right. you know, something like as massive as this, how do you really cover, you know, a drought yeah. that's a multi year <laughs> drought that's impacting, you know, pretty much the entire state, pretty much the entire western Region, yeah. you know, it's it's a, it's a huge kind of, mm-hmm. t- and t- on top of it, like we said, it, it ties into even a bigger issue, which is climate change, yes. right? So yeah. how this kind of like all interconnects. What what was the drive to kind of pursue that? Um, actually, this this summer I got a couple <clears throat> early summer I got a couple assignments, mm-hmm. and one of them was for Bloomberg um, to photograph P- Fresno, California, and how mm-hmm. they're dealing with the drought. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning, an introduction into the Central Valley. And I stayed in Fresno for about a week and a half. I stayed there for longer, ultimately, like probably almost a month altogether. But um, I, you know, it's a it's a really interesting part of the state and the country. And um, and so I began there. And then I also got this other assignment with MSNBC to do a long form right. piece on right. the drought with Amy Pereira, the photo editor. And mm-hmm. we were we she really pushed me to photograph it in a way that was like it's so massive and it's been photographed a lot. I know how do you artic you know visualize it in a new way if you need to but it's mm-hmm. um she was interested in the work that i was doing that was a little bit more abstract a little more mm-hmm. uh, pushing that direction with you know art i guess and and that's where i'm headed with my work my thinking so i was uh how do you tackle it it's not easy i mean mm-hmm. it's like you've i i ultimately first was like i have no clue like i you know it's like yeah. you know first of all I've, you know you can go to a reservoir but other people have photographed the reservoirs and stuff so how do you photograph a reservoir in a new way or whatever mm-hmm. the best way you can so um, what I ultimately did was think about like what are the components of the drought and we broke it down to um, 
land, fire, water, air, you know, just elements. And then I, st- I, I read this really interesting book called Cadillac Desert, um, which was written, I believe, in the early 80s and revised in the early 90s, um, which explains the development of the West, West and the water mm-hmm. infrastructure there. Mm-hmm. And that kind of um, gave me clues as to where I could, you know, uh, place myself and start begin to wander in these different valleys, mm-hmm. Sierra Nevada mountains, um, the Delta. Uh, so I, I started with those geographical areas and then I would, I ended up going and I'll, I'll say I'm going to the Delta and I get a hotel room in Stockton, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> yeah. somewhere off the highway. And then I like, you know, will wake up and I'll go out and I'll just start, I'll figure out, oh, well, I can kind of go down these roads and I just uh-huh. literally begin to get us get lost in the place. And that's, uh-huh. I've learned that process from my work in China where it's so overwhelming. It's such a vast place and story. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to understand right. it completely. I'm just going right. to go and like see where I end up. And the only thing you have to do is be completely open to possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be aware. So like when you mm-hmm. little things catch your eye or catch your, your uh, the sense of things. So um, that's how I operated. And it was – and it you start to build a rhythm, you know. You start to like – you start to understand, like, okay, this is how it's coming together. Like each project kind of um, defines itself in a cer- to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And this one was definitely more landscape. You know, I was working with a new camera, which was awesome. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so happy about that. And yeah. then, um, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, I, I, I photograph, I push it to a degree, and then it kind of like shows me what's happening. And then I, you know, continue so on. So it's a mix of images because you have black and white. You kind yeah. of have the abstract landscapes. You do mm-hmm. still have like, you know, the, the, you know, the people landscape, people mm-hmm. operating in the landscape. So it is like, is that kind of the ideas that you're going to try to like bring in these different kind of like aesthetic ideas or different kind of like tropes into the work and mm-hmm. then see how it can, you know, congels later. Or do you have, you know, kind of a roadmap for it? Um, well, at this point I'm, I'm just trying to see what happens after this winter. I mean, I'm, I want to shoot El Nino a little bit photograph mm-hmm. when I get back. I'm going to um, see what's happening. There's been flooding and whatnot, which is expected. Um, of course, like hopefully there's snow being uh, up in the mountains mm-hmm. and snowpack is a big deal. Right, right. Um, but more or less, I, you know, I'm, I feel with our technology, you know, with the cameras today, you can switch between color and black and white. And sometimes things, mm-hmm. for me, just work better in black and white or mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see any reason not to work that way. I mean, I think we talked about how I was like, I've been studying a lot of like fine artists. And, yeah. And for example, like Richard Tuttle has been a big influence, mm-hmm. um, his philosophy, the way he is processed, which is, you know, I'm nowhere near that <laughs> headspace, <laughs> but like he's completely open to possibility with how mm-hmm. he, um, I guess, you know, makes art, you know. Yeah. And so borrowing a little bit of that and, and you know, maybe I don't want to be restricted by like really specific guidelines, mm-hmm. you know. I would like to keep pushing it even more, mm-hmm. but we'll see how, I, how it evolves, you know, in terms know, of the I know, form of the images. Yeah, yeah I know you, in our conversation you mentioned that like, you know, you you want to – your goal is, you know, to get into galleries and to do mm-hmm. the books. Like you're more interested on that end. Sure. You know, do you ever foresee not doing like taking assignments or something like that and just focusing on this, or <laughs> yeah. or do you always want that? Mix? I suppose it's not something you want to say if there's photo editors listening. But no, no, you know, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, it <laughs> no seems more assignments, like, please. Yeah, <laughs> no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but I know there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. like that. You know, people trying to juggle that and balance it. But you know, you have that you right. know, the ambition where you do want to take this work into the galleries and make yeah. the books. And you know, I know you're really pushing in that direction now, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like. You know, what do you do? How do you, you know, there, I don't know if there is a roadmap to get into a gallery. You know, like these right, days, right. there's 
a lot of different ways you can make books, as we've learned on the show. You can mm-hmm. small independent publishers, self-publishing. You know, you can go to some of the bigger reviews and meet the right person. Then next thing you know, you're right. publishing a book. So, right. I mean, it seems like you're diving into that world now. I don't know it too well. I mean, it's definitely as I, like you said. I don't think there is a real map mm-hmm. to uh, that process. I think that I always love doing assignments. Honestly, I, I I really enjoy the challenge. I love the the way like you just get thrown. And I get a range of assignments. Mm-hmm. And I've been lucky enough being in California. I've gotten like everything from photographing uh, presidential candidates to rappers to the drought. Mm-hmm. And and so it's amazing having those like putting you know all of a sudden you're like going to this experience and that experience and then you're getting ganked out and getting this yeah. experience. So it's like I enjoy assignments for that. And they all they there are challenges. I don't always I'm not successful. Uh, with all of them of course no one is mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think that in terms of I guess going in the direction of more of a fine artist I, the reason why I'm interested in that is because um, it's it's really important that you make work that, where you don't have I guess other agendas which aren't always with assignments they're fine but mm-hmm. it's like when you're making your personal work as we call it um, I feel like it's really important to like be as open to the possibilities as as you can be. I mean, that's that's what being a, a fine artist is about. You know, you want to be exploring the thinking and the the process. You know, you don't want to be, I guess, um, stopping at like these points where you're like you say, well, that's well, this guy did it like that, so I want to like kind of do that type of. You know, it's like mm-hmm. no, just kind of explore and like, you know, and just see how the how the project evolves, how the subject speaks to you and like mm-hmm. um so i feel like the the art direction whether it, you know books are always i mean that's where we've learned photography yeah from. you know yeah. it's like you know the books have always been a huge influence so i want to make a i have a, a couple of books that are more the california winter one mm-hmm. and then little things that i want to make books out of but um and then with like you know installation gallery type stuff i just feel like it's um it's a place where you can i mean i love going to galleries and museums mm-hmm. and i love like having to interact physically with you know, photography and painting and sculpture. You know, I just was at the Dia Beacon, which I go right. like once a year, and right. it's like, it's just so enriching. You just like go through the space, and you can just like, you know, you're in Agnes Martin's world for a minute, and then you're like, you know, so it's, I feel like that that interests me, and I feel like it's a great, um, I guess, venue for, it's one of the most powerful venues for photography along with mm-hmm. books. It lasts in a, cert- in a certain way that, I guess, uh, images in a magazine maybe don't all the time, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, and you don't have to deal with like, not that it's always bad. I mean, I love design cause I studied it, but like <laughs> sometimes, you know, design it's it, you know, the things conflict. I, I, yeah. I just like seeing the pure photos and like not uncropped and like, mm-hmm. this is how I meant to make it, you know? And yeah. So books and gallery can do that. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about some books that yeah. have influenced you pretty heavily. And cool. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be back in a minute. You got to, like, the thing is, is, like, most likely people gravitate towards, you know, the known entities or what have you, Dido, but, like, there's so, it's such a rich history, 
And like it's bonkers. Like what's their oh, photo scene is just bonkers. Yeah. It's just like crazy. Like, That's a good reason to go there actually yeah. is to get into it there, I think. Yeah. And they do, you know, in Japan, like it's you know, the amateur really is the respected spot. I mean, these oh, okay. are when you talk about kind of having that freedom to push and do mm-hmm. whatever, that's where mm-hmm. a lot of the innovative stuff comes from, you mm-hmm. know. And they have galleries that are all like, you know, it's a collective of amateurs and that's it. And they yeah. run the gallery and they switch the shows up and it's, you know, so that's you know, it's it's an interesting scene. It's kind of like a unique photo scene in the entire right. world where you have this, you know, deep history. You have this, like, just passion for for the medium and for right. cameras and for all this stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't pretend to understand. I'm just talking from what I know, all the people <laughs> oh, that yeah, I know that have been into like, Yeah. Actually, the guy, I think, at Bond Street Books is kind of like a, uh-huh. a professional with a... Japanese photography seems like know a lot about it. He has some interesting books. Oh, Dashwood or Bond, it's Bond Street? Dashwood, I guess, is. I, guess it's, yeah. I call it the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's Miwa. We might have her on. Oh, she, yeah, she's the one. And then yeah. th- those two, yeah. Yeah. He had a crazy book in there that I was, I overheard him showing someone. It was like, it was, are we on? We are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it was like, a, like an X rated book. Oh, was oh, oh, I was like <laughs> looking over at it. I was like, wow, that's like really. I have an interesting mm-hmm. Japanese photo book called, uh, Naked Festival. Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's beautiful. It's all black and white, and it's like these thousands of naked um, men uh, cl- in this some sort of place that they all kind of like climb on top mm-hmm. of each other and do these different things. Like I don't know what it is, but it's an mm-hmm. amazing book. Mm-hmm. So well, speaking of books, yep. you brought three. It was, uh, it was it was really interesting when we met like a week ago, right? You weren't you didn't have mm-hmm. the books, and you're like yeah. other oh, upstairs. I was like I was going to go right. pick up a couple, but then it ended up you were able to go. Luckily, and get them, yeah. and luckily, yeah, I mean, because like these, the books you brought are amazing. And the first one we want to talk about is uh, the Grand Trunk Road, mm-hmm. and it's a passage through India. Uh, Raghuvir Singh, legendary Indian photographer. I mean, one of the great, great, great photographers in history. And it's yeah, just, great color. Yeah, amazing color, amazing color. Mm-hmm. So, what, what, why did you want to bring this book? Why did you want to share this one? Um, this was actually the first photography book I was given by my mother, mm-hmm. um, and I actually got it. In the mid '90s, so it was probably like, I mean, it was. I probably got this like five years before I ever even thought to be a photographer, or even mm-hmm. knew how to use a camera or anything. Um, and yeah, it was just you know looking through it. Um, it was. It's just an amazing book. I mean, it's about like traveling and exploring like this mm-hmm. route through what that you know still is like a very foreign place. Um, I think what I was drawn to uh, with this book was that just the way he. This is the first time I saw that a camera could kind of form scenes in a in a way that was, you know, quite magical. Like you know mm-hmm. the way he uh, structured the images, the way he like uh, the context that was given uh, to the subject in each image. Um, that's what really drew me in. I mean, I didn't know that when I first was looking. I was in high school, and I was like, right. "Oh, these are cool, crazy pictures," you know, mm-hmm. and like beautiful or whatever. But um, now when I look back on it, it was really like specifically a few images in this book that. I was like, whoa, you know, like this, I never thought the world could look like this. There's a mm. picture, there's a spread in here with like a truck that's flipped over. And I remember my mom, we were looking at the book, she was like, that one's great. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like it's, he just shot it. Like, it's not this one, it's mm-hmm. a, one of the next, this one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, And yeah. like, I just, the way this, you know, he framed it with like the, the, uh, the truck kind of coming, jutting from the side mm-hmm. and the colors and like, it still feels like this kind of a serene landscape. That was the beginning of seeing how like s- photography can, uh, interact with or speak about this um, other dimension to our world, this this surreal mm-hmm. dimension or 
whatnot. Well, um, yeah, it's that, you know, con- constructing the image, like yep. fundamental photography, choosing what you put in, in the frame and like mm, how you, you don't, can, you know, you yeah. take it, you know, you, when you do that, you kind of enter that, you know, that new space, you know? Yeah. And then it was also there. I mean, there's another image in the beginning of the book where it's just these guys on top of a truck, um, you know, passing through a city in India. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's a really beautiful, it's the atmosphere of the place that, um, you know, uh, attracted me to his work and like just thinking about exploring the world, like, wow, like this is, these places exist mm-hmm. out there that I want to kind of put myself into someday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, growing up, I had traveled a lot around the country, actually, like road trips with my f- older generation of my family. I did like a <clears throat> cross country of, uh, road trip with my grandmother and her pickup truck, actually, mm-hmm. in like maybe like late 80s. And we drove from upstate New York to Los Angeles and you know, that was just a really, really extraordinary experience. It was just me and her and her dog. And, you know, we just, you know, every, I was so excited to go through like all the states. I remember like passing through Pennsylvania and being like sick of it because it was so long. And then. Mm-hmm. How old know, were you? Um, probably like, she's like 10 or something. And, mm-hmm. and so that was, you know, the beginning of, uh, I don't know, just, you know, thinking about how you can explore the world or the country or whatever in a different way. And I, I actually, that was a fat trip. I actually took my first photographs ever. Oh, wow. Like landscapes in the West. Do you actually, still have those? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. there's like little snapshots. Yeah. Um, I have one selfie I took by accident in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what I like about this too is that it does, you know, it's 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 following a specific path too. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about wandering. Yes, she is wandering, but it also has that yeah, exactly. narrative too, that push. And you said like at the end of the book, he gets to, well, he gets to the border to Pakistan, right? Yeah, there's a picture in the end. I think it's the last photo where he, um, it should say down in the caption, it says something about how he, they wouldn't let him in to continue on with his following this road, which mm-hmm. I believe was an old commercial route that passed through. Uh, India and Pakistan. Um, so he, you know, the images explore um, all the dynamics of the society at this point, you know, mm-hmm. and like, as well as the uh, daily life along this route. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. It kind of got stopped there. And and what's funny is that like, you know, I've, I saw this image of the border with Pakistan or I have no idea what that is, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I ended up visiting Pakistan a few years ago um, for a few weeks. Um, and it was, you know, I definitely want to go back to that part of the world and, mm-hmm. Photograph more, more so. I believe you, I believe this is all Kodachrome too. Most likely, yeah. I believe it's Kodachrome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kodachrome one hundred, Kodachrome four hundred. Yeah, it's really, really. I mean, the colors and everything are. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those books I think that, you know, I've heard a lot about. So it's kind of good to finally see it. You mm. know, yeah. <laughs> I think that's another benefit of the show too. Is that there's a lot of these, you know, I don't, legendary books or mm-hmm. things that come out, and then, you know, when you finally get to see it. Do you yeah. know how your mom came across it? That's a good question, actually. I should ask her. I'm sure she just, like, maybe maybe there's, you know, there's a couple bookstores upstate. She probably went in and somebody recommended it or something, or she picked it out. My mother actually, it's, it's kind of funny because actually a couple people in my family were phot- amateur photographers, mm-hmm. but they're actually really good. And my mom, I've seen some of her photographs, like portraits she took mm-hmm. um, when she was younger, and she was, like, really good, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, she never pursued it. She pursued filmmaking for a little while, mm-hmm. but um, and she's a writer, but um, she definitely has, like, an artistic sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the next one we have is Landscape A. Mm-hmm. Nicholas, uh, I'm going to say his name in language. Fowler. Fowler. Fowler, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So this is an amazing book. Mm-hmm. I'd never never even heard of him. You know, yeah. they people, people, yeah. there's always, I've had these people say, and I've done, like, 
you have such a deep knowledge. I don't know anything about <laughs> photography. I don't know anything about bo- like I know yeah. it's you know might look like it, but there's so much stuff I haven't seen. So like, luckily, yeah, yeah, luckily, like there is, it's, it's there's always room to explore. So this is brand new to me, and this is one of the books. Mm-hmm. You know, and it happens. I like all the books, you know, but sometimes you know you like them as a viewer, as like sure. engaged, and then there's other times when as a photographer, I'm like, damn, right? Like this is it. This is like I'm trying to do this, and now yeah. this guy's. Just does it really, really, really well, yeah. and like it's you know at some point to be like, oh, I'll never be that good. You know, right. you, you kind of get that feeling, but on the other end, it's inspiring because it's mm-hmm. hey, wait a minute, the things that I'm kind of interested in as a photographer, the way right. I'm trying to frame or look at or you know part mm-hmm. of the landscape, you know, it's it's, it's that validation maybe. But anyways, yeah, this is sure. made, so this is he's basically this is out in Switzerland, Switzerland right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of exploring those areas. You know, the way kind of the urban area cuts through the landscape, I guess maybe yeah. is the best way to put it. I and it's, it's all four by five color mm-hmm. landscape photographs. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the, the highways cutting through the landscape, but, you know, the, the vegetation, the trees and the mountains, it all kind of like comes together, you know, in, in all of the images. And it's just... Yeah. So what? where did you find this book? Well, specifically, I believe he was actually following the highway system mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. talking about how this highway system is interacting with uh, the lands- the traditional landscape and the, the new kind of manicured natural landscape surrounding the highways. Mm-hmm. And then a, there's a backdrop of like the massive mountains in Switzerland. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I, ended up, I found this book actually when I was in uh, Beijing in 2006. I was – I went to uh, – it's uh, this art district. I don't mm-hmm. want to try saying the Arabic, <laughs> right, but anyway, it's uh, I think it's Chi Jou Ba, maybe or something. But um, people can laugh at me if you want. No, um, but anyway, it's uh, it's uh, the art district. Um, so I went out there and I found this bookstore and I ended up seeing the cover and I was like, that's a really interesting cover for the book. And then I went through and it just was one of those moments when you come across a body of work that strikes you in this. I really gravitate towards work that's a little bit more obscure, um, forms, you know, exploring mm-hmm. the form of images while using like the real world to as a subject, you know. Right. So um, he was, you know, you know, very much obviously interested in um, exploring form, but also talking about the world there, like what's happening mm-hmm. in this landscape. And I, that was very much what uh, you know where my head's at, you know. And it's, it, yeah, his work is like uh, I don't know how to even <laughs> explain. I mean, he's he's well known. He's in the MoMA. You yeah, know, a couple yeah. Of images in here. In the yeah. MoMA. Um, I guess like the European aesthetic, to, you know, is something I'm attracted to, mm-hmm. and um, I just like the way he just used plants and like dirt and kind of like just makes like these really interesting shapes with like ob- them as objects, um, and there's very subtle differences in color and shade mm-hmm. and. And then you have like the linear kind of, um, you know, like the highway just literally like kind of hidden behind bushes and things and then like cutting across. And it's this interesting mix of, uh, I guess, the textures it's creating mm-hmm. between like man-made kind of cold structure yeah. and then like this jovial landscape. But Because it's a like, weird space, like overpasses. I go to overpasses yeah. a mm-hmm. lot and like let's say right where, you, where the freeways cut through and just right. like they cut through the neighborhoods. But even though I love and I've been trying, I'm kind of contemplating doing something like that in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it a little bit in Queens. It's not really the subject of what I'm doing, but it is kind of those areas and I'm, I'm, right. I'm just kicking around this idea of maybe digging into it more But because those spaces 
where you have that massive infrastructure cutting through it are just right. There's no other way to say it. it's like there's this lonely vibe to it. It's just mm-hmm. it's, like like something has happened to kind of disrupt that space. You know? Yeah. But sure. on the other end, you know, it's 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 how we we move stuff. You know what right, I mean? Like yeah. you got to have the roads. You get, like so there's there's that aspect to it as well too. So I think. I don't know. I've always been I've always been struck by those those kind of areas, and, and you know, yeah. even like working in Long Island too, the kind of like the park system they have there too, it reminds me of that a little bit as well. Well, again, it's just like spaces that are kind of forgotten about. They're mm-hmm. like you pass, you race by them on the highways. I mean, right. There's places in Los Angeles or in California where it's like you just go, you know, you get off a highway and there's just like weird stuff happening in between. Right. I mean, I love those places too, where it's like, I guess like just in between. Mm-hmm specific places you know yeah. like people are driving on the highways and then there's like the sidewalks and the neighborhoods but then in between there's like little zones of like vegetation and people yeah. living and like stuff like it's right. discarded and kind of like the meadowlands here yeah. the meadowlands yeah, yeah yeah for sure yep. and it's like you know in some of these areas there's no reason the, like if there's if you're on an overpass you're going over the overpass to get to another place right there's exactly like yeah. some of these other there's no other reason to be there other than to pass through yeah so there's not you know that's that kind of thing adds to that element of like being forgotten. Like you don't have any purpose for being there. You know what I mean? Other than to kind of get from point A to point B. And what's interesting about exploring those places and talking about them is that, I mean, I find personally, I think they're extraordinary because of what's happening in them, but Mm -hmm. also like it, it's a way to kind of talk about and show people that things exist in different forms and different dimensions in the landscape Mm -hmm. and being able to like relook at the landscape an environment you're in um, creatively without like naming things, without going into it and being like, I know what that does and this does and that does. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you kind of go from thing to thing, with, like just in this kind of structure that you know already. But when you can relook at a landscape or an environment, um, that's a healthy way to, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, live in this world, which is becoming more and more like boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's also like, I always find, you know, I think. If you look at what people consider exciting photographs, the landscapes mm-hmm. generally are not on the not list usually, of what no. people think as exciting photographs. But for me, these days, more and more, that's kind of like right. the stuff that I love the most. You know, yeah. I guess you know, you, you know, Robert Adams, obviously, sure, like, yeah, come absolutely. back to all the, you know, yeah, all, all that kind of, you know, what is the new topographics, obviously, like yeah. in the '70s, and then. I feel like there is still, you know, a lot of that kind of impulse going on these days. And mm-hmm. we just had in the first episode one, we had Hinchua and he's mm-hmm. his yeah. big project is kind of exploring where the city and the urban environment kind of fades into oh, okay. like, you know, the countryside or into like that kind of collision, you know. Yeah. So there's a, I definitely think maybe one of our new kind of like sub themes yeah. emerging on yeah. on the show here. Forgotten land trope. Forgotten land, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it also like again, it's you have to what I like about it too is like you have to be all you have to walk to get there. Like it forces yeah, you have for to sure. be the type of photographer that to get out and have to walk and you don't yeah. necessarily know what you're going, where you're going or what you're necessarily looking at. Yeah. And like that's you know better have some good shoes. <laughs> yeah, boy, that's the truth. I got new good yeah, shoes. Definitely, <laughs> I, 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 I actually know that I didn't have good shoes for a couple of years, and I ended up messing up my uh, heel or whatever. You definitely have to have good shoes. Oh yes. Well, I feel like it's important yeah. when you go out and shoot. Like I was upstate photographing yesterday, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a. 
I don't want to know what I'm going to photograph when I go out. I kind of, I sense there's something in a place, like Mm -hmm. there's a lake and there's dead trees around it or something. I'm like, well, I'm going to go see what happens. And, and maybe I think I'm going to make a picture of like those trees and that are, you know, Mm -hmm. being flooded by this expanding lake. But that ends up, I photograph just like bluestone or something. It's like, that's actually kind of, uh, really exciting when it comes to uh, just being open to the possibility that your project or your direction might get shifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. photography is that's, I, I personally believe it's like one of the core magical components of it. I don't oh, think that, absolutely. you know, you shouldn't, the best photographs, you know, you can never expect, mm-hmm. you know. It's uh, that, I mean, when I'm out in Long Island, I'll get into kind of, I'll get into an area and just nothing and nothing and right. like nothing. I'm not seeing it. I'm like, but you got like, keep walking, just keep, keep walking. doesn't matter. And then, right. you know, I think with that persistence or like perseverance, you, you all of a sudden, like you get into an area that's all of a sudden very visually rich, you know? Yeah. And you have to be patient. You yeah. Know? It's like making, I've, I've learned more of like when you're making a painting, for example, you know, you go through this whole process of like, you're looking at it and you're, you know, you're interacting with it over time. Um, the same thing when you're, you know, exploring a landscape. You have to be patient with, like, maybe the pictures will be right there mm-hmm. as soon as you walk out your door one day. Mm-hmm. But other times you're going and going and going, you know, and, like, you know, I'm in a central valley and I'm driving and it's, like, the same shit every time. And then I'm, like, <laughs> going and going and all of a sudden it's, like, I get out and I try to make a picture of, like, these kids and then they won't, mother won't let me because the other parents aren't there. Okay, mm-hmm. fine, turn around. And then, boom, there's the photo that right. I was meant to make. And wow. there's a few things you have to be, like, ready for it. You have to be you know, you know, ready for that moment to appear, mm-hmm. but also be that the actual putting yourself in these environments is like, you know, the brush strokes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's way. in the episode with him, we kind of taught, we were talking about like how you enter, it has to do with like per- perception, how your perception changes mm-hmm. when you're like, I'm going to be out for X amount of hours. For me, it's about three or four hours at a time. Right. It's like, and I'm out specifically to make photographs. And right. like, I'm in that space and I'm in looking and nothing kind of everything else evaporates and like your sense of time changes your sense like I think your entire all of your senses change you just become more perceptive to everything around there and like the best photographs I think come from like not necessarily seeing it but just sensing it sensing sensing it it or seeing where the lights come just like feeling where the light is going that day and like just getting a vibe in the air. Like I have to go over there, you know, and And, like being open to like unusual forms. Yeah. Like sometimes it comes and you're like, Oh, is this it? This is it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or like, you know, you'll get into the, get into the spot and I'll be like, I know there's a photo here, but I don't necessarily know what the photo is. And it's kind of like, I shoot one shooting film too. It's like, Mm. okay, I get maybe, I'm going to give myself two or three chances like in this area. And like, that's really it. I know that goes against a lot of kind of like uh, what, you know, photography professors might teach you where you sit Mm -hmm. and you work and work and work the scene and you take as many pictures as you need. I'm like, I don't necessarily like buy that. To me, I give myself a couple chances. If I can't work out the problem where I can't find it within there, then I just have to go. I have to move on. It wasn't me. Yeah, you know when you kind of sense like, oh, it's time to move on here, you know. Um, There was a point, but uh, yeah, for sure, you know. um, There was something you said that triggered something in my head, but I lost it. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Well, we'll move on to the next next book, and I know you're going to have quite a bit to say about this one. Yeah, this Uh, one's a great one. It's called Zona. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And it's by, I think, I think we'll all agree he's a pretty good photographer, Carl DeGeyser. <laughs> yep, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, and the first thing uh, you kind of said to me is like, I'm surprised this guy isn't more well-known or more influential in the United States or what have you. And Yeah. He, you know, he's in Magnum, obviously, so people know. I mean, he might be. I don't know. I just don't feel, I feel like when I mention his name to mm-hmm. some of my, uh, you know, other photographers, they're like, oh, I don't really know his work too much. I'm like, you probably should because he's like. <laughs> Some of the work, I mean, all the work he's made is just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's like absolutely all those things that interest me about photography coming together, mm-hmm. exploring the world as, as you know, current issues in the world, mm-hmm. but at the same time exploring form and like a different dimension to mm-hmm. those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found this book in the in Strand, like, I guess I was when I was taking the social documentary photo class SVA mm-hmm. and I was... So I was taking like I was doing that, and I was also studying art and design, and all these things were like these different mediums and languages were coming together. And I, you know, I was interested in art in the way it can be um, explore kind of uh, abstraction and stuff. And then I came across his work, and I was like, whoa! Like, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of like Eugene Richards and these types of traditional um, documentary photographers. Mm-hmm. When I saw this, it was like, wait, what is this? Is this mm-hmm. real? Is it fake? Is it like because he incorporates a lot of flash mixing with ambient mm-hmm. and that you know it's one of the first people i had seen that uses uh, had to use this um i guess uh palette and so he um his work is just it's surreal you know it's like so this book we should let yeah, yeah no it's a, so a siberian prison, prison camps prison yeah camp. prison system so um, it is i mean like you you'll see the spreads on on the blog it's um mm-hmm. It's 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 a bleak situation. Yes, it <laughs> it's is. a pretty bleak situation. It's so these. colorful too. At yeah, the same colorful. Time. <laughs> yes, but it also like uh, right. for these individuals, this is not. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's really going to want to be stuck in this. I mean, that's why I kind of always say you're going to be sent to Siberia. I mean, yeah, these are yeah, the people yeah. that were sent to Siberia. That's what it looks you know? like. Yeah, in color, which is yeah. fascinating to me. He chose to shoot this project, which mm-hmm. he you know worked in a seemingly six seven probably format with flash, and so it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. I guess like what, what first struck me was how the individuals in the images were kind of like in these mm-hmm. strange kind of positions in these really weird environments, um, and you know, just the shapes of the objects and the um, subjects. It just all comes together and like mm-hmm. pushing form, and you know, they're images I you'd never see. You know, I think like the color to me, the color and the blues really bring out the cold. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, you know, yeah. you feel, the, you feel the cold. And I think yeah. that, you know, my, I don't know want to speak for him, but I feel like that and, you know, the blue, this really blue palette kind of like, yeah, the really film hits home. Using. Yeah. It's like, a, I mean, there's just, you, this is one of those books where like all the photos are, you know, amazing, but then you come to a couple and you're just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you know, what is this? Oh man. Yeah. Like, this guy doesn't have a hand. Right. You know, so. like it, yeah. The, the part where they're in like the, the surgery part or like the medical Mm-hmm. It's just brilliant. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's like his, what's interesting is like his, the way he chooses to position himself in these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I think from reading about it, like sometimes he would kind of be put into a situation for a few moments, like the prison guard was with him always. And, mm-hmm. you know, he would, the prison guard would tell the guys to like do something that they were supposed to be doing. And then he would position himself to make these images using the mm-hmm. form, using the, the subject matter, the space. Um, in a way that, you know, conveys how surreal this place is, but also, um, yeah, it's just very modern or contemporary and it feels, 
it's totally switched my perspective on mm-hmm. what documentary photography can be. It can be more than just a fly on the wall, like mm-hmm. snapshot type of thing. It can be like you actually, you're there. You can make images too. There's mm-hmm. poss- Through making images, there's possibilities that, you know, go beyond what's just there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This is, a, this is a brilliant book. What year? Mm, good question. It's yeah, got to feel, I'm guessing, 90s. 80s? No, it's the, I believe it's 90s, 90s. yeah. It's like the design of everything is kind of misleading. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it was put out by Trolley. I don't know. We'll have to figure out what year it was. 90s, you think? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I didn't see it there or whatever. Well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe it doesn't matter too much. So published in Great Britain in 2003. Huh. Interesting. Okay, yeah, that's right. It's just probably like early 2000s. And he has a couple right. other books wow. that I collected after I found this one. So I was, wow, this guy's work is incredible. So there's another book, East of Eden. Which yeah. Is, Isn't that we had another one on too, I swear, last season. Huh. A winter, winter Eden or something. No, like Winter that. Ice. Yeah, Ice. Winter so, Ice. That's actually Luke De La Haye. Oh, Luke De La Haye. Yeah, which is, which is another yeah, yeah. take on the former Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, a very different take, but also... That book I was considering bringing as well. It's, um, yeah, very one of the most amazing documentary photo books I guess ever. Yeah, considered that you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's definitely a God Inc. is another great book. He's uh, one of his older books. Um, I think he spent like a handful of months traveling around the United States, just going to all these different mm-hmm. churches and whatnot, black and white. It's just uh, I'm really attracted to like in his, with his work specifically, like the form he makes. You know with the images, mm-hmm. but also that it is about like real world stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Cool. So what, what's next for you? What's uh, what do you have? What do you got coming <laughs> up? I mean, the, the yeah. nomad, do you, do you know what you, what you, what, where you're going to be going? Know. What you're um, doing? I do to a degree. I mean, I have in the foreseeable future. I am going to return back to California this uh, next week and I'm going to continue on with the California winter project. Try to wrap that up. Um, I usually end it like end of February, early March. Mm-hmm. And then um and then from there I, I also considering I started a project in Puerto Rico, um, which oh, I did yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um and I would like to continue on with that. So that's another thing I might do early spring, springtime. Um and then beyond that, um, you know, I the drought project, I'll see how I you know, how things evolve mm-hmm. in California. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. they're better this yeah. year after this winter, which I doubt, you mm-hmm. know. But um so there's a few, you know, depends on like what I, I don't, you know, the California winter one is the most uh, specific, you know, focus right. project I'm doing. Right. And then uh, I had the little series, like my studies work from right. LA and San Diego. I would like to make some little art books out of that, mm-hmm. you know, but. So do you imagine you envision staying in California? Um, yeah. I mean, for now I'm going to ride, you know, go through 2016. I want to uh-huh. like finish and I might end up staying there forever. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, and as we all know, California visually is incredible. The light. I mean, I come here and like it's in, it has its own thing. It's beautiful mm-hmm. and like a very beautiful light here mm-hmm. too. But uh, there's you know, the light in California is just unbelievable. Like right. the things <laughs> it does, and like even when it's coming through clouds or like whatever, it's just always like mm-hmm. you know as a as a photographer, it doesn't get much better than California. Mm-hmm. And, and also the the landscape and how like uh, the cities and the landscape interact and the people there in Los Angeles specifically, it's mm-hmm. like a really interesting mix and 
look of, you know, an environment and people. So it's like unexplored territory. I would like to do a project on LA at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Specifically on LA? Yeah. Just focusing on the city, but, mm. um, you know, definitely in line with like the drought work where it's abstracted mm. to a degree. Well, well I want to go back to LA. I think I'm yeah. done living in <laughs> LA yeah. after four years. I oh, kind you did of four like, years. Yeah. I did four years. I kind of hit my breaking point, but I, I want to go back. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, after you spend so much time there, you know, we kicked around the idea of doing some shows down in LA and road yeah. show San Francisco. But you know, yeah, you we, should. There's, there's a lot of uh, great photographers out there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. As you know, yeah, a lot of people absolutely. are going out there and exploring it in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Thanks for bringing this awesome book. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Projects. Yeah. We'll, you know, keep us updated on what you got. We'll do. Awesome, yeah, John. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and LPVshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volanti and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>